What's going on guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short. My name is Tyler Lauder and he is Aaron Ben, no Molly today. And today is Movers Mondays. But before we do that, little disclaimer, no episode past Friday. Uh, story, you know, short story, coronavirus one, me zero. What's, what's the long story? Um, coronavirus uh, scored many points over the weekend and I, I didn't, I lost. All right, that's a good story. That's a longer story. But how you doing, it's man? Long. I'm doing excellent. Um, just uh, having fun. I don't know, watching football, watching my team do well. How are you feeling with your whole virus situation? You know, uh, the virus is, it's real, man. It's serious stuff. It sucks, but I'm here and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move forward. Let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and start with some Thanksgiving talk, let's you know? do it. Uh, Thanksgiving provided us three games. Oh, hold on a second. Baltimore Ravens said otherwise. Provided us two games. And a lot of people were disappointed because these teams coming into it, Washington, Detroit, Dallas, uh, Houston had a combined 13 and 27 record. And even though they did, there was still 123 points scored on Thanksgiving, which is a pretty big deal. I think there's a lot of points scored, a lot of good things. We saw Will Fuller go off. So Antonio Gibson go off. Let's talk about some ups and downs from those games right there. Well, an up for me, first of all, from the Houston-Detroit game is Will Fuller, like you said. He absolutely destroyed me in fantasy. It's a big part of why I lost to the last place team in my league. Six receptions, 171 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, it just feasted on that Detroit Lions secondary. That's Lions haven't looked great. They haven't looked good in any phase of the game. Uh, lately fired Matt Patricia after the game fired Bob Quinn that is what it is Will, Phil Will Fuller big ups for me I feel like maybe an up right there should be the Detroit Lions you know getting rid of their head coach Matt Patricia like they are going to be able to move forward in such a more positive light than they have been in the past um, we've been dogging on this guy for all year even longer than this podcast has been available but I agree Will Fuller gets a huge up he played great Sean Watson is playing amazing over his last six games, no interceptions, got like 17 touchdowns, something like that. It's insane how he's playing. And the Detroit Lions, they just, they can't get healthy. They're not playing well. There's no Kenny Galladay, really. You know, DeAndre Swift wasn't out there. So it's just, for the Lions as a whole, big down. They're not playing well. They're playing like the Lions. Uh, small ups to Adrian Peterson. He got two rushing touchdowns. Uh, first multi-touchdown game since like 2017. Yeah, man, old, old man still got it going. Yeah, but let's let's uh let's move to the next game. Move to the division game. You know, a game that had a lot of implications on it. The winner led the division and got their fourth win of the season. Let's talk about Washington Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it's not every day that you see a matchup between two three and seven teams build as this like huge division game but yeah like you said whoever won is winning the division at the moment well after the game the giants are winning now but washington beat the cowboys and a big up for me in this game uh, was antonio gibson uh, we talked about him uh, i think last week how he's slowly starting to get more touches getting more more fantasy points and uh, this week was kind of his coming out party at 20 carries at 115 yards and he had three touchdowns so he just kind of tore apart an already depleted dallas defense and he showed kind of what what i think we can expect from him going forward yeah no 100 percent. and i think that's what this 
this Washington team needs. That's what a Ron Rivera-led team is like. They're dominant on the ground. They run the ball very well, efficiently, and their pass rush looks good. Like, you pair those two things together, that's Ron Rivera in a nutshell. And so, big ups to him, big ups to Antonio Gibson. This Washington team actually looks, they look decent. I know they're four and seven. They don't look that bad, considering the fact they're on their third quarterback of the year. Yeah, and I think they're slowly starting to uh, like gain traction and like get better and find their identity. So I'm looking for them to kind of, I think they're going to take the division in the end this year. And a down, small down. We're not going to talk about, big down, but we're not going to talk about very long. Mike McCarthy, I'm going to tell you right now, as a Carolina Panther fan, I am extremely happy that we decided not to sign him. Uh, I don't really have much to say on him, but there's a down there. Yeah, I mean, just... Uh- some questionable play calling um just kind of he just hasn't done what he was brought in to do and i know he's out his starting quarterback but andy dalton is a he's a competent quarterback he was a starting quarterback for a long time and there's no way that you're in this division with a three and eight record with andy dalton as your quarterback unless you're doing something really wrong as the head coach we will have to say health has been an issue for the cowboys so there's that but Let's move on to Sunday's action, and Sunday it was weird, man. There were so many, just like everywhere you looked, there's turnovers. There's interception returns for touchdowns. There's fumbles returned for touchdowns. There's a kickoff returned for a touchdown. There's an onside kick returned for a touchdown. Like, defense and special teams had so, many, had so much fun this past weekend, uh, for the winners at least. Let's talk about our first game. Let's get a blowout out of the way. You know, Vegas, Atlanta, this did not go well for Derek Carr. Yeah, and this is such a surprising game because um, the the Falcons have had a very weak defense the entire year. And you came in thinking Derek Carr is having a pretty good year would tear him up. You thought Josh Jacobs would get a lot of rushing yards. And in the end, the Falcons, they got a lot of turnovers. Intercepted Derek Carr once, but they also recovered four fumbles. Um, and they, they capitalized on those points. They ended up beating them by 37 points because of their defense, which is weird to say about the Matt Ryan Falcons. Yeah, it, it is. And this, this Atlanta team is like turning it on at the worst time of the year. It's weird because if you go back a couple of weeks ago, so many people were ready to like just Matt Ryan's done with this team. Let's move on. Let's get, let's get Trevor Lawrence type stuff. And now they put together four wins in their past like six games, and they look they look pretty good out there. And those wins they look really good. Uh, so big up for Atlanta's defense. Down for Derek Carr, slightly though, because I still like Derek Carr this year. I still like the Raiders making it into the playoffs. Um, I think that they're they they just have a nice enough schedule. They're going to make it in. Let's fast forward to Los Angeles Chargers, the Buffalo Bills. And this game went almost as expected. I mean, I mean, the Chargers are a team that cannot hang with anybody right now because their defense gives up too many points. And when your offense isn't firing on all cylinders, you're going to lose games. Yeah, and I mean, Justin Herbert's shown that he is a franchise quarterback. Again, passed for over 300 yards this game. When you're leaning on your rookie quarterback to pass... 52 times no matter how well he's doing you're you're not you there's something that you're doing wrong um so i mean just another 
kind of bad game, poorly coached game from the Chargers. I'm sure Molly would have a lot to say about that. Um, but I did want to talk about uh, the, the Bills run game. The Bills run game looked really good, Tyler. No, it did. It did. And that's the thing that we've been harping on for the past couple of weeks is that like Buffalo needs to get a run game going because Buffalo Buffalo's defense is on the field for way too long. And that's because their offensive drives don't sustain time as well as they should for an offense that works the way it does. I mean, they have a lot of guys that work great in the slot, a lot of great underneath. You know, they don't have to always bomb it all the time to progress. This team is constantly getting first downs. And with a good run game at this time is the best thing for them because in the playoffs, you need a run game. I don't care who you are. Like, I understand that the Kansas City Chiefs are defending Super Bowl champions and they're an air raid. You know, they just throw the ball 100 times and it's whatever. They won last year's Super Bowl off of a strong run game, in my opinion. Big up for the Bills. Cole Beasy threw a touchdown. That's fun to see. Let's move forward. New York Giants. Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals were supposed to lose this game. I mean, Joe Burrow's gone. This team has been struggling with him. So without him, they should be getting blown out. And they actually held in for a little bit. But let's talk about Logan Ryan. Yeah, Logan Ryan. I mean, he. this is a guy the Titans let go last year who kind of wanted a lot of money for how he had played last year in the nickel cornerback position in the end he made the transition to free safety like kind of a, a lot of cornerbacks have done once they get into the their later years and for the giants he first of all he's been the top vote getter at in the nfc for free safeties which is great to see i love the guy and it had a, a fumble recovery in this game against the Bengals, and overall it's having a really solid year uh, yesterday finished Six uh, six tackles um, in the pass defense. Just playing all-around good football, and you like to see that from a good dude. Yeah, especially a guy that like is up there in age. I feel like that is... It's so weird. It's like the... I don't even know how to describe it, but it's something that is always present of like an older safety and everybody in the NFL that is a fan just likes them. Like we see this all the time with safeties. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it just it, it's and it's never going to go away because people keep getting older and there's new safeties. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, Bengals run game gets it down. You know, there's really nothing to say here. Uh, Mixon is not healthy yet. So their best runner is gone. I think we've seen enough from guys like Giovanni Bernard to know exactly what he is. Uh, and this offensive line is poor. So. Until this team, I'm going to continue to stress it. If this team does not address offensive line in the offseason, like, I would be furious at the general manager. I would call for his, I'd call for his job. I would say they're going to be competing for, for uh, one, of the, one of the places to take, uh, what's his name, Sewell Pinay. Um, and I think that would be a great addition for them. I think that would help out Joe Burrow and the running game a whole lot. So. Uh, look for them to be going offensive line no matter where they're picking this draft. All right, open forum time because we're talking about Tennessee Titans. So you got the floor. Obviously, Derrick Henry beasted it out. But surprisingly, your third down. Yeah, so I, I, I did kind of want to surprise everyone with this. Um, 
a lot of people are talking about Derrick Henry's monster game, especially that first half with 140 yards and three touchdowns. Talking about A.J. Brown doing what A.J. Brown does, scoring a long touchdown. Had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, but what really impressed me, what stood out here, is the Titans' defense has been historically bad on third down this year. And then yesterday against the Colts, they held them to uh, five third down conversions out of 13. Uh, which is fem- phenomenal, and that's a huge reason, and a, and a really underrated reason for why the the Titans were able to dominate the Colts so badly last night. They were able to, they were just able to own them at a divisional rival. You're supposed to come on in and make a statement. You know, they lost a couple week a couple weeks ago on a Thursday night game, but then again, Thursday night games are so they're so weird, man. They're so wishy washy because. It's momentum plays a big tide in that, and did you get enough practice, and blah, 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 blah. The Titans look like the best team in the AFC South. It's, it's clear to me. It's not even a question. The Colts look really good. The Colts look like a playoff team, not in this game, but overall. Um, another big reason why Tennessee was able to play so well is because, you know, they just kind of took it to Rocky Sin. Yeah, Rocky Sin, the second-year cornerback, he's had some problems. Not been great in coverage. Had a nice interception last week, but other than that, given up some big plays. And he's a, an even bigger factor for me. Why I have him moving down is because of he's given up a lot of dumb penalties. We saw it especially last night. Gave up a couple big penalties. Uh, Got to kind of keep it together. Is a rookie who people not a rookie. He in his rookie year, people had a lot of high expectations for him. And they were looking for him to improve upon that rookie season, and he just hasn't done that so far this year. All right, let's move on forward to Carolina at Minnesota. Uh, this is a game that I actually I was going to attend live uh, until everything kind of happened. The world so unfortunately fell apart. It happen. Yeah, the world fell apart, man. And so now I gotta I gotta hope again that Carolina gets to play in Minnesota, so I can travel there and see. But this game was it was weird, man. The the Vikings looked in control in the first half. They played really well. You know, they're moving the ball consistently. Carolina couldn't quite get into there until that Robbie Anderson touchdown. Huge 41 yards, and that kind of turned the tide for them. And let's talk about our pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year so far, Jeremy Chin. I mean, back-to-back fumble recoveries, four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Chin did what no player has done the history of the NFL that scored two defensive plays back to back. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, I thought at first I thought it was a glitch in the ESPN app where I saw Jeremy Chin fumble return for a touchdown and then play right after it, Jeremy Chin fumble return for a touchdown. It was, it was crazy. And you'd love to see plays like that. Yeah. And Carolina was in position to win this game as well. Uh, you know, they had, they had a chance to make a 54 yard field goal and, Joey Style just kind of hooked it, and they lost the game. This this is six out of eight losses that have been lost by one score. Uh, this team is close, but not quite there. Uh, the play calling is why they get it down here, right? Like, Carolina's play calling was questionable to you. You'd agree? Oh, yeah. I think they kind of mis- mishandled the clock at the end, and I think I think they could have done a lot of things that would have better... Uh, protected that lead and not not allowed the Vikings to come back and score on them. Yeah, I mean, Carolina Carolina opted to throw the ball on second and third down instead of let, running it and letting the clock run down to the two-minute warning and then punt the ball. 
And then Carolina punts the ball. We see a muff on the punt by Minnesota. Carolina gets the ball. And they took off a total of like 12 seconds again just for a field goal. And those two instances right there kind of hurt them going forward because if they could have taken off an extra 20, 30 seconds, maybe Minnesota doesn't get down on the field, doesn't score a touchdown, but they did. And the reason why Minnesota got down and scored a touchdown and they won the game is Kirk Cousins. Vikings fans, you guys can shut up about your quarterback stuff. Kirk Cousins is legit. I don't know why people doubt this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, time and time again, I mean, he's a, he's had bad games, but every quarterback ha- has bad games. He's time and time again uh, showed poise and able to lead this comeback game. Yeah, he three four over three hundred yards, three touchdowns, two of them to that rookie uh, Justin Jefferson, whom I did not start on my team last night, and uh, he held his poise and he was able to lead them to a comeback victory. And I think he's looked really good for a lot of games this season. He gets kind of a lot of. Ever since his Washington days, he's gotten a lot of flack for, for that's kind of unjustified, in my opinion. All right, let's fast forward and let's move to New England, Arizona. And this is our most unique up and down ever. I'm just going to let you talk about this here. Um, give us your up and down. All right, well, <clears throat> first of all, my down for... Uh, this game was Cam Newton. He's been my down a couple times, I think, over the last few weeks. He's not been the, the Cam Newton that we kind of hoped we would see on the Pats. Uh, yesterday went completed 50% of his passes, just a 4.7 yards per attempt. Two interceptions, was sacked three times, no touchdown passes. Uh, just kind of, he's not playing. Like, you can tell he's kind of in the... In the twilight of his career, I know it probably pains you to hear that, Tyler. He's just not been who the Pats were were hoping for, and I think they're probably looking to improve that position come this off season. But if we're getting into who I want to up here, um, big surprise! It is Cam Newton. I mean, he ran the ball nine times, forty six yards last night. It, he just the main reason he hasn't up for me is on. Third and was it third and thirteen late in the game? He had a fourteen yard rush to put to keep the drive going. He just kind of towards the end of the game willed the, the Pats back into the game and willed them down the field in position to score the game winning field goal. And so it's kind of stupid, but I have them both up and down for me this week. What do you think about that, Tyler? No, I mean I agree. And we saw that little helmet to helmet hit that he had on him late in the game. That kind of helps set up this drive. And here's the thing. If that's any other quarterback, that defender isn't trying to like lay their whole body and missile into them to take them out. But because it's Cam Newton, these guys are trying to do that. And because they try and do that, they cause penalties sometimes. And I was surprised Cam got the call. Um, I'm, surprised. I'm surprised that he's an up and a down for a year. I love it. And, you know, because of him, he was able to will them to a victory. Here we go. Yeah, so let's let's keep it close. Uh, Miami, the Jets. This was looked at. If you were still doing like a, an eliminator or like a survivor pool, this is one of those ones you were kind of nervous about, I feel, because the Dolphins should beat the Jets. There's no question about it. However, the Dolphins are coming off of not playing so well. So it's like a you know, risk-reward type thing. But Miami came and Miami played well, and the Jets were the Jets. Uh, only thing I want to note from the Jets side real quick is that 
Frank Gore had 74 rushing yards. I love to see that he's still rushing and still getting some yardage. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to move too much more up the ladder, but he's he's still moving. But let's talk about the Dolphins' defense. Dolphins' defense is crazy, and we've been we've been like pumping them up for like the last few weeks already. Uh, one specific player I wanted to point out, and and he's been good for years now, is Xavier Howard, and I think. Among the more casual fans, people don't really know him as much. He's not really a household name, but he's been good for years, been consistent. Yesterday, three pass def- uh, defenses, three tackles, uh, had an interception, um, and he's just been like a leader in that, in that already very good secondary, and I think he's kind of just an essential part of that Dolphins team. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins went out, and they 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 did it right, man. They... They spent the money where it was supposed to be spent, and they kept the guys they were supposed to keep. I know this is, I'm going to talk about Carolina for a little bit. They decided to let James Bradbury go, and people have been dogging on him for letting go of uh, a cornerback of that caliber, and Miami didn't do that. And we see what happens when you keep talent around. Like, reward guys that are good. They will keep rewarding you. And that's what we're seeing here, man. Uh, so, yeah, big up for them. I, Miami's defense looks pretty good. It was the Jets. As a down, the Jets as a whole just keep getting a down. Uh, I think, if I saw correctly, they are now a 67% chance to lock up the number one seed. Um, and they are a 98% chance, I'm sorry, 99% chance to lock up a one through a th- three seed. There's a 1% chance to get anything below that number three pick, not seed, pick. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the remaining schedule, there's not you don't really see many opportunities for them to get a win at all this year. So uh, as long as they keep Adam Gase and do not fire him, they're going to always be down for me. And that's all I have to say about the Jets. Uh, quick, quick update. I'm going to update this real quick and everything. Um, Frank Gore is number three all-time in rushing yards, which is <laughs> it's just, just insane to hear and think of. Um, he is, he's about 850 yards behind Walter Payton. That's about it. So if he decides to finish out this year and plays next year, I don't think he'll get it, but I mean, maybe, maybe. Could come close, yeah. All right, let's move forward. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> oh, sorry, if you guys can see our document, it's just funny. It's, the Cleveland Browns are at LOL. Uh, yeah, the laughing, laughing Jags. But then again, the Jags are doing what they're supposed to be doing. The Jags traded away everybody, and they have nobody almost. And they're, they're still scoring points, man. They were in that game until the very end. Let's talk about the Browns' offense and how they looked better. Yeah, I mean, I, they were going against a, a very bad Jaguars defense, but Baker Mayfield had... One of his solid games. This is kind of the the period of time in the in the Baker Mayfield cycle where he plays good against a bad opponent, and we start to think he's getting good and moving up. Um, threw for over two hundred fifty yards. He had two two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Browns' offense as a, as a whole is very good. I mean, they keep rolling over people in the run game, especially since Nick Chubb came back. They had over two hundred yards rushing. Uh, Jarvis Landry had. 143 yards receiving and a touchdown. So offense is looking actually pretty decent. It remains to be seen if they can keep that up against against one of the better defenses like the Steelers, which they've had trouble with this year. Yeah, that's going to be the key test of them. Uh, but here's the thing we have to know. Okay, I, I know we say things like they beat the Jags. And this is kind of the thing I, I argue back on people that are like dogging on the Steelers. 
you you have to beat bad teams. Like if you look every year, every single team that is in the playoffs are there because they beat bad teams or they're in the NFC East. But either way, that's how you make the playoffs. You have to beat bad teams. There's a reason why every year there's teams that finish with 10 wins and teams that finish with three wins. It's just the nature of the game. So we can't dog on them for beating a bad team. Um, you know, this past offense has looked meh over the past. Actually, it's looked terrible over the past, like, few weeks. The run games looked good all year, kind of, you know. So big up on them. Jags the whole kind of get it down. I will say this, though. Glennon did not look too bad out there. Yeah, I mean, they actually had a few players who I would have given an up if they would have won. I mean, Glennon looked good. Yeah, I mean, looked solid. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, 235 yards. James Robinson ran for 128 yards with a 5.8 yards per attempt. And then, they had, yeah, I mean, they didn't look terrible. I mean, I guess they were still in it in the end and had a chance to, to, to win it, but... If they were the one, you you can bet one of those players would have gotten it up for me. Now, let's move to a game that we're going to talk about very shortly because it was maybe one of the most boring games of Sunday, and that is the New Orleans Saints against the Denver Broncos. Um, if you don't know, Denver Broncos had no quarterbacks because all four of their quarterbacks were out, one with COVID, the other three with close contact. Um, I just want to talk about ESPN reporter Dan Orlowski, and a guy, I, I like the guy, but... He just said that it's embarrassing pretty much that the Broncos weren't more responsible. Like, I'm sorry, nobody knows when COVID's hitting you. And each position group almost hangs out exclusively in each position group. So I think it's laughable that a quarterback, a former quarterback, would make that comment about a group of quarterbacks knowing how the NFL is. Yeah, and I mean, this is... like Drew Locke wrote on his uh, Twitter, he wrote that it was an honest mistake, but it's un- like unacceptable, even though it's just an honest mistake. And I mean, people can do everything right. You can do everything in your power to stay safe and still end up getting the virus. Um, it is what it is. Moving forward, they'll probably, I mean, I, you have to assume they would learn from their mistake. Uh, but again, not always completely preventable. Uh, who is your up for this game, Tyler? It's just the Saints run game. I mean, we see this like, it's like a temporary timeshare thing between Kamara and Murray. And Murray looked really great rushing for over 100 yards, uh, had some rushing touchdowns. You know, we saw Taysom Hill had some touchdowns uh, on the ground. Overall, the Saints team is running really well. Alvin Kamara isn't doing as much damage because Breeze isn't there. But they're, they're finding ways to adapt. And I think when you can find ways to adapt when you're down a key starter... That is the look of a Super Bowl contending team. And so that's just a big up right there for me. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of the Ravens last year where they went from a a statue in the pocket in Joe Flacco to like a modern-day Michael Vick in Lamar Jackson. They tailored their entire offense to him. Um, That's what they did with Taysom Hill. I mean, they didn't ask him to pass for 300 yards. They didn't ask him to chuck it downfield. They changed their offense to suit him and the team ran for over 200 yards on the ground uh, four rushing touchdowns which is great so uh, kudos to them kudos to the coaching staff as well all right san francisco los angeles rams you know the defense here for san francisco uh got an up for me i know we're gonna talk with somebody else but they got an up because they held they held jared goff in check they held the rams kind of in check 
they played really well. We saw first-round draft pick Javon Kinlaw get an interception return for touchdown. But I'm going to have you talk about the other up we have for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, the, the player who's getting an up from me here is Debo Samuel. And this is a guy that when we were talking about fantasy before this weekend, you told me you kind of had this feeling that he was going to do well. Even though the Rams have this really good defense, you kind of, you just kind of had this feeling. Sometimes you get that feeling about a player. And he had 11 receptions, had 133 yards. And no touchdowns, but looked really solid. And as Greg Jennings said, he put the team on his back, though. Yeah, man, sometimes you just wake up and you get this feeling in your loins, and that's just, that's just where, you know, that's where it comes from, man. Yeah, glad to hear about your loins. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, Jared Goff gets a little down for us here. You know, the, this Rams team was favored to win the division until this week, and, I mean, right now they're on the verge of losing their division spot if Seattle can end up winning the game tonight based on time of recording, and it's just... I mean, I, I don't have a huge down for Jared Goff. He just didn't play well. We just talked about this earlier, how some quarterbacks just have bad games. I think this is one of his bad games of the season. It's a divisional opponent. Who knows you? And then again, this 49ers team is supposed to be a playoff team. So, Well, yeah, and I mean, Jared Goff seems like this. He's kind of the quarterback that when he has a good game, he's really good. But if he has an off game, he's very bad. And he's had kind of a few bad games lately. He has... I think it's uh, Jared Goff has had six interceptions over the last four games. He's lost a few fumbles and not playing his greatest football lately. And so that's why he's kind of getting a down from me. All right, let's move on to Kansas City at Tampa Bay. And everybody was looking forward to this game. And I, I told one of our best friends how much I hated him during this game because uh, there's this little, little game, little little inside joke of, is this guy the worst quarterback of all time? And there was just this Tom Brady bash from our buddy Bennett. And then all of a sudden, Tom Brady just starts throwing dimes in the third quarter. And he just goes, is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? Like five minutes after he asked. We're not really going to talk about, about Tom Brady here. The Bucks played well. Um, we're going to talk about the, like, the human cheat code. Like this guy just got, like we're just sitting here playing a game you know, having some fun on Madden, and somehow, like, Tyreek Hill has 99 stats and everything. You know, Tyreek Hill reminds me of, I think it was, like, Madden, like, 07 or 06, when Devin Hester had had 100 speed, and that's Tyreek Hill, but, like, boosted up to 105. It It was insane yesterday. He went for 13 receptions, 269 yards three touchdowns he had a 20.7 yards per catch which is insane and i think he went over 200 yards in the first quarter alone it was insane uh it was just it, it kind of looked inevitable like you saw him playing you knew that if patrick mahomes had more than two three seconds in the pocket diary kill was already deep and he was already gone yeah i mean that's the problem here is like you literally have to have a safety sitting deep just in case, but even then, if you got a safety twenty yards off the line, Tyree Kill's still gonna out out win him in a in a race. Like this guy's so fast, like he's so fast, he makes fast people look not fast, man. That's all. <laughs> to, to quote longest yard out there. Too bad. Too too bad we're not like a big podcast, and I could have been like guess that movie for a free T-shirt. But I would get the free T-shirt. 
but he is extremely fast. This offense works because they just know what to do. Like, and you know what's crazy is like they have more weapons that are almost like the exact same speed as Tyreek Hill. That could have been anybody yesterday. That could have been Hardman. That could have been Watkins. It's just crazy. This KC team, we talked about a few weeks ago, they might go 15-1. and one. They might. They just got past one of their hardest tests. They only have like two more tests on the season, in, my, in our opinion. This team might, we might have a dynasty on our hands. Yeah, scary offense. Let's move into a team that is playing amazing as of late, and a guy that is, that in my opinion, is the MVP of the league as we stand. I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big fan of this guy. Let's talk about Bears Packers. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I'm not. I'm not a huge Rodgers fan. I don't. I don't know what it is. I just. I'm not. I don't. I don't like him. But he plays amazing. And this season, I think he's the MVP. Let's just talk about them. Yeah, I mean, last game against a a, a very good Bears defense. Like we like to shit on the Bears and how terrible they've been. Uh, but their defense is still very solid. He still passed for 200 yards, had four touchdowns, no interceptions, 72 per- completion percentage. Uh, over the last five games, he's had 16 touchdowns and two interceptions, which is insane. Uh, and he's, I agree with you. I think if he's not the leading MVP candidate, he's got to be up there because I don't see anyone else leading their team uh, the way he is. Maybe Pat Mahomes, but. He's just looking phenomenal, even in his later years. Yeah, and going into this game a, a couple of days ago, we didn't know if Foles were going to be starting or Trubisky. Trubisky comes back out. Um, here's the thing. Trubisky's stat line is going to look better than I think it, like, people should know. Like, if you watch that game, I saw so many times that he puts his receivers in position to get wrecked. Um, he puts the ball way too, like, it's uncatchable at times. Like there was a there was a play late in the second quarter. They were trying to drive, trying to score, uh, right before halftime. And like three times on the drive, he threw it at Allen Robinson's feet to throw it away, kind of. And Robinson just got drilled. And every time Robinson got up, he just like looked back at him. And I was like, dude, this guy cannot wait to get out of Chicago. He is so excited to leave and go play for a real quarterback. I'm sorry, Trubisky. You get it down. Anybody that was up on you before, they were wrong. We're all, we're all on the same ship, I feel like. And that's it for our coverage, ups and downs. Now, very unique situation. As a time of recording this, we have two games to predict. So, Aaron, Seattle, they travel to Philly. You know, we got that West Coast going East Coast. Sometimes that's difficult for teams to overcome, even good teams. Does Seattle still get the win tonight? Well, I mean, Philly is in a tough position there. This is a crucial game for them against a uh, tough conference opponent. Uh, if they win, they will take the lead in the division. Uh, so I think this is a really, I think they're not going to take this game lightly. They're taking this very seriously. Uh, so I think Seattle's going to win 30-7. to seven. Here's the thing. Seattle right now can cruise through the rest of their schedule. I think that Seattle is already looking to the playoffs. They see the Rams that just lost. I think Seattle is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I believe this game is going to be 34-30. to Seattle is going to win. Carson Wentz is going to look great out there. Uh, I, I think he's still going to throw an interception, but I think he's going to look better than people think. He's our sleeper for the week for fantasy. 
So I have I have Seattle winning 34-30. And last game, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. If this game happens, Pittsburgh's going to win. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore's decimated by uh, players on the, the COVID list. Uh, Pittsburgh's kind of starting to add some players there. I, I'm kind of leading Pittsburgh, but you know, Baltimore, it's a division game. Baltimore's pretty pissed after getting embarrassed by the Titans and then lo- and losing a couple weeks ago to the Steelers. I think they could come out. I think they could pull the upset off. I'm not going to call the upset, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. If the Ravens lose this game, I think there's a really good chance they miss the playoffs this year. And that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short. Thank you guys for listening to our Monday Movers edition where we talk about everything power rankings in these fictional power rankings. Be sure to click that subscribe button down below to stay up to date on everything that is Second and Short. Click that like button down below as it is the cheapest way to support us and leave a comment down below of who impressed you and who just shit the bed for you. And be sure to check us out on all social media platforms, such as... Such as Facebook, where we keep every episode updated. Also on Twitter, where we try to keep you entertained with polls, keep the fan interaction going with just our bunches of fans that we have. And on Instagram, where we post every episode, but also kind of a midweek post. We have discussion points, news updates. Uh, we like to, I like to post like a pickums in my in the the story every week before the games uh, so come on and and just send us a dm when whenever you want whatever platform whatever time of day thank you guys for listening you guys have a great one